0: Zat is a 1971 science fiction horror film, directed, written, and produced by Don Barton. Electronic music by Jack Tamul with more traditional orchestral scores by Jamie Defrates and Barry Hodgen. Zat is, a. Uh... Zat is fucking weird. It's almost universally panned as a very bad film. It has tepid pacing, underwhelming if not just amateur acting, confusing scripting, and almost glacial cinematography. With its low budget of $75,000, adjusted for inflation to be about $474,000, it's a wonder it has survived to be part of any public consciousness. But despite its laughable scenes and construction, it is bewildering in a few respects. One such facet is its music. The music, much like the rest of the movie, is all over the place. I've tried to summarize the tone and composition of Zat's soundtrack, but I really can't without just showing you the movie so you can hear it. Now, a difficulty I was presented with was that the owner, Don Barton, is very keen on protecting his intellectual property. Mr. Barton famously sued Mystery Science Theater 3000 for mocking it without securing the proper licensing rights. To be clear, I respect Mr. Barton's actions. He made something and has pride in his work. Even if people don't like it, It does not mean it is without value. So, with respect to Mr. Barton, I have decided to not use the actual music, but to recreate a good portion of it. What I have created are not note-for-note facsimiles, but rather loose imitations. They sound intentionally close, but not too close to the real thing. They still retain the absurd sounds that I've come to adore from this film, and I hope you will share in what I find so baffling about Zat. There are three types of music in Zat orchestral strings as well as brass sections, both of which feel fairly standard for horror movies of the time, and the bonkers electronic portions. There's also stock music by Trevor Duncan, but that's not unique to this movie, so it won't be addressed here. Not to mention the acoustic for music. As the electronic portions are what stood out to me the most, I will be addressing only them in this review. While I won't hit on every piece of electronic music in the film, I will be covering a good deal. Oh yeah, spoilers. The opening to Zat, despite how strange it is, and maybe because of how strange it is, pretty much tells the audience everything they need to know about the film. A seemingly deranged man, who we later learn is main character Dr. Kurt Leopold, spouts quasi-scientific nonsense, set to stock footage, possibly the courtesy of Marine Land of Florida, of fish. Yep. Fish. Why? Because he wants to turn himself and select others into humanoid fish creatures to take over the world. And what is going on in the background of this bizarre plot? What sounds like wind and a modulated bird call? It doesn't really sound like underwater fauna, and it certainly isn't what you hear when you dive beneath the waves at the beach, but it was important enough to show up in the film repeatedly. As I said, this first three minutes perfectly encapsulates what you can expect from Zat as far as coherence and quality. The decisions for plot, dialogue, visuals, and sound are baffling. And yet, its charm comes from this exact weirdness. Few things bring me more joy than to hear Dr. Leopold plan the conquest of the universe with catfish DNA. Continuing with the mad scientist trope, we move on to our second bit of score. We hear what can be described as computer music. Sine waves set to notes that fluctuate rapidly in little discernible structure. I couldn't tell you which of Dr. Leopold's machines are making these noises, but it certainly communicates to us that this is his lab, if albeit done bluntly. I had fun creating this loop on my modular setup, and I'm guessing the composers did as well. This music shows up almost every time Dr. Leopold is at work in his lab. Which means, that's right, Zat achieves something most modern movie scores don't, and that is leitmotif, or maybe it's just a theme song, I don't know. Either way. This loop sticks with you after two viewings, for sure. By the 27-minute mark, Dr. Leopold has turned himself into a catfish monster. Let that sink in. As a catfish monster, though he deadpan says to his reflection and the audience, Nothing at all like the catfish, but it's beautiful. That line has to be the most unintentionally body-positive statement in a movie ever. Look up Zat on Google Images. Look at it. Zat doesn't give two shits what you think about beauty. He knows he looks damn good. Right, sorry about the tangent. So, as a catfish monster, Zat begins stalking various victims. While submerging himself in a nearby lake, he stalks a family on a small fishing boat, intending to strike. Now, when I say the words monster-stalking music, what comes to mind? The Jaws theme? Slowly crescendoing strings or just any deep and aggressive sound that grows in volume as the antagonist gets closer to the protagonist, eventually erupting into a sting or chase music? Yeah, that's about par for the course. What does this movie do? Well, essentially what I just described, but in its own quirky way. What we get is a somewhat metallic beat syncopated with an airy flute, both very toned down and anything but intimidating. I can't help but question why this arrangement was chosen. They already had some semblance of an orchestra at their disposal, you can hear it on other parts of the film. It would be quite easy to throw something more traditional together. But hey, the non-traditional route produced a comedic romp of a catfish monster tipping over a family of three and drowning one of them. So I guess I can't complain. This isn't even the only instance of weird stalker music in Zat. Around 32 minutes in, Zat is spying on a woman who is camping on the shore of what I can only assume is the same damn lake people recently died in. It's a scene meant to be slightly tense as you don't know if Zat intends to kill or capture the woman. Let's return to our exercise. When I say stalkers spying on their prey, what comes to mind? Subtle strings? Eerie dissonant notes? A little tremolo to imply nearby danger? Well. Zat decides to play this harsh, screeching synth arrangement. I wasn't alive during the 70s, so I can't quite tell if this legitimately affected audiences in the way it was intended. All I can say from personal experience is that the resulting sound is physically unnerving. Which, to Zat's credit, does make me uncomfortable. But perhaps that would be better suited to the transformation sequence. Maybe the pharmacy scene or the experiments? Who am I even talking to? I'm questioning the decisions in Zat, sweet Shagots. This comes back, by the way. Before Zat accidentally kills this woman, whom he abducts and tries to turn into a fish monster, he goes back to the lake while she's swimming and follows through with his plan. In keeping with the surprisingly strong musical motifs of this movie, we get another screeching synth lead. But this time, at the moment of Zat grabbing her, the score morphs into an arpeggiated sequence with triggered white noise in the background. This may sound underwhelming to most, but upon reflection, this is actually admirable. This relatively low-budget film, clearly riddled with financial limitations, manages to make a somewhat standout synth lead that is brought back and built upon for a different scene where the stakes are higher. That is just plain good songwriting for a film. Professional, even. And we're watching Zat. It's at this point that you can really tell that the people who worked on this film do legitimately care, and there is real talent behind it. It makes you think about movies that don't quite hit the mark and how we feel about the crews that work on them. I think that if I put my all into a film like this today, I'd still be proud of my achievements. This is why I've grown to like Zat and movies like it. There's heart and talent if you look past the accidental silliness. Just after an hour in, Zat comes to a pharmacy looking for medication for his stab wound. For whatever reason, and I still can't find one, he self-medicates and immediately proceeds to trash the shelves of the pill bottles around him. To make things more confusing, we get this very trippy score of theremin-esque leads in a driving-plucked baseline. It's telling us something, but due to the limited context, I have no idea what the message is. Is that angry at himself? Angry at the pharmaceutical companies? Who knows? All I can say, is that it just adds to the insane charisma Zat has. There's two more sections I could address, but they build on the elements that I've already discussed. As it is with movies I enjoy, I would rather you simply go watch them if possible, instead of being too spoiled by this podcast. Zat is a strange beast of the monster movie era. A commercial and critical failure, it has risen to cult status due to love shown by critics like Red Letter Media and hopefully myself. It's a goofy sci-fi horror that probably didn't fully know what it was doing, but it has character to it that I keep coming back to. If you can dig beneath a ridiculous veneer, I think you'll find that Zat is a surprising track, and it gets my stamp of approval. In some small but noticeable ways, its music stands out. Granted, the score is unsettling, confusing, and at odds with the visuals at times, but all this does make for a memorable experience. Whether you are a veteran musician, movie buff, or just curious about scary music, thank you for giving this podcast a listen. If you would like me to review a particular film, artist, video game, or other piece of scary sounds, please leave a comment or message me on Twitter at abysme, A-B-Y-S-M-I-I. Trick or Track is part of creativehorror.com, a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at creativehorror.com.